Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. John Boyd, ace fighter pilot, real-world cutting-edge aircraft designer, teacher of the already elite, groundbreaking strategist, antagonistic military misfit who ultimately helped change that very military. Robert Corum, Boyd's primary biographer, captures his truly unique story engagingly and exquisitely. Colonel Boyd was a complex, fault-ridden, yet still amazing man, someone who impacted multiple spheres that he was appointed to in unusual ways, several times while being a virtual outsider with regard to those spheres. In this current episode, we start by considering a phrase, a really old-timey phrase that, from a literature viewpoint, appears to originate in the Bible— both in word usage and in the actual doing. That phrase is stand in the gap. Webster's says to stand in the gap is to, quote, expose oneself for the protection of something, to make defense against any assailing danger, to take the place of a fallen defender or supporter, unquote. And certainly, standing in the gap is what happened in some of the most famous events in the Bible. So, I'm going to start with some rich Bible stories, then we'll get to John Boyd's pattern of that. Ezekiel 22.30 in the ESV is where God says, quote, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none, unquote. Of course, the King James Version, widely used for centuries, says, stand in the gap, which is why that phrase is famous. In ancient times, a wall of protection with a gap or breach left a community of people weakened and vulnerable. Here, God reports through the prophet Ezekiel, that not one person had filled the gap for God's people seeking God's mercy in righteousness. Eventually, God allowed Babylon to sack Jerusalem. But this idea of standing in the gap was not new in the time of Ezekiel. A very long time before that, Abram, later called Abraham, was called by God to leave all that was familiar behind. His nephew Lot did join him, but the two of them split up rather soon thereafter. When hostile kings, including the king of Sodom, captured Lot and his possessions, Abram rushed to the rescue. Abram stood in the gap, risking life and limb to rescue Lot. That's Genesis 14. Even more interesting was Abraham's later interceding with God on behalf of Sodom, whose sin was very grave, unquote. Still, 
Abraham stood in the gap, doing for Sodom what no one was later willing to do for God's people in Ezekiel's time. And God relented and did not destroy Sodom. That's in Genesis 18. In these stories, Abraham stood in gaps both physically and spiritually. Crazy good. And what about Moses? In Psalm 106.23, Moses is remembered for standing in the gap when the Israelites had worshipped the golden calf and forgotten God in his great works. I'm quoting the psalm. Therefore, God said he would destroy the Israelites had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them, unquote. That's standing in the gap. The whole story is in Exodus 32, 9 to 14. And how about the risk taker Esther? Her story entirely about standing in the gap for her people, the Jews. Okay, I strongly suspect you're ahead of me now, and I love that. Who was the ultimate person who stood in the gap? It was Jesus, of course. You know that each person who has ever lived has had a giant gap in their personal wall of defense, a gap created by personal sin. Romans 5, 6-8 says, quote, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, unquote. Indeed, this was the finished work of the cross by Jesus, the eternity impacting, standing in the gap for every person who calls upon the name of the Lord. And now, this is amazing too. On the cross, Jesus was clearly already in his gap-standing mindset in the very moment specific to those around him, as reported in Luke 23, 34, quote, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, unquote. That's standing in the gap by Jesus right then and there. And Jesus continues to intercede now for those who draw near to God through him. Hebrews 7.25. All of that is a Jesus pattern of standing in the gap. Astounding, too, is what Stephen did very early in the history of the church when he was being stoned to death. Luke reports that in Acts 7.60, quoting, And falling to his knees, Stephen cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, unquote. There was Stephen standing in the gap, just like Jesus. And how about Paul interceding for Israel as he writes in Romans 10.1, quote, My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved, unquote. Yes, standing in the gap is a pattern 
of key heroes in the Bible. Now, we are instructed to pray for all people, 1 Timothy 2.1. Of course, that's standing in the gap. But our privileges are not limited to prayer. How will unbelievers know about Jesus' standing in the gap for them with his death and resurrection without hearing that proclaimed by a believer? How about loving our neighbors as ourselves, standing in the gap when our neighbor's defenses have gaps? All this can easily be wrapped together and described as the robust Christian life, a life pattern of standing in the gap for others. Because Jesus did it first and continues to do it fully, we now do it. Now, how about John Boyd? His career reflected a vocational life pattern of standing in the gap for others. Here are some telling highlights of Boyd tenaciously creating a long-term pattern of standing in the gap for others. We may know a story or two about Boyd, but seeing his nuances and pattern is our goal here. First, the accepted wisdom in the world's air forces was that elite fighter pilot dogfighting in the air was really just an art. But dogfighting was a skill demonstrably mastered by Boyd above the skill level of everyone else. And he proceeded to create a manual documenting the science behind his approaches. Of course, this equipped pilots better than ever before when their lives were at stake. And Boyd's teaching was ultimately adopted around the world by elite air forces. Boyd was solving a gap in the wall of pilots that their own bravado often worked to claim they didn't have. Like when an astute parent raises a child, Boyd reduced key vulnerability before people even recognized their need. That's standing in the gap. Next, aircraft design. Fighter pilot safety, their very lives, was always the ultimate concern for Boyd, the designer. But the military-industrial decision-makers often lobbied for heavier, less maneuverable planes laden with bells and whistles of dubious marginal value, making those planes more vulnerable to being shot down. And too many pilots serving in Vietnam had been shot down and even died. Boyd stood in the gap for elite but vulnerable fighter pilots, even without their knowing about aircraft design battles. Third, because of the revolving door that often logically happens between military officers looking to retire out of military service into government contractor positions, the deal structured between companies and service branches can look a bit too cozy. Boyd and his disciples believed a lot of military expenditures were unnecessarily gold-plated, and also that military effectiveness was often hampered. Boyd stood up for U.S. taxpayers, with little chance of taxpayers even knowing who he was, then or later. That's standing in the gap for millions of people. Unfortunately, 
few politicians who are in a position to act like Boyd truly stand in the gap of interests of taxpayers, but instead pursue their own interests and electability. Lastly, late in Boyd's career, when his theories about war were not particularly welcomed by many of the military brass, the Marines embraced his thinking with a number of Marines convinced he saved lives by their adoption of his ideas. Most powerful was Secretary of Defense Dick Cheney's adoption of Boyd's theories, which are credited with the quick victory and low loss of life of deployed troops in the first Gulf War. To do that, Cheney overrode the plans of old guard leaders in favor of Boyd. So, Applying Boyd's approach to war overcame deficiencies in standard defense plans. That saved lives standing in the gap. Jesus has a faultless pattern of standing in the gap. And John Boyd had a commendable life pattern of standing in the gap. For fighter pilots, for taxpayers, for full-blown military operations. Now, we've seen that the spiritual, physical, and vocational impact from standing in the gap can be huge. That reveals we have real, ongoing opportunities to stand in the gap for others, whether or not they even know we're doing it now or later. That's fine, because God will handle all of our deeds justly. And as we know, The downside of his justice was exquisitely handled at the cross, and the upside rewards of his justice for standing in the gaps will come soon. So, spiritually, vocationally, maybe even physically, how about pursuing a life pattern of standing in the gap? What a life that can be. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.